0: You're listening to the Desperation Podcast, a generation in desperate pursuit of God. www.desperationonline.com well. I'm ready now. Exodus chapter 34, starting verse 10. Then the Lord said, I am making a covenant with you before all your people, before all your people I will do wonders, never before done in any nation in the world. The people who live among will see how awesome is the work that I, the Lord, will do for you. Obey what I command, Uh, what I command you today. I will drive out before you the Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Parasites, no, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land where you are going, or they will be a, sh- a snare among you. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, and cut down their Asherah poles. Do not worship any other god, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. to talk tonight about the jealous God. I think sometimes when we hear that term, most of you guys that you've been christians for a while and you've heard the term the jealous god and i want you to kind of wrap around you know wrap the idea that god is jealous tonight i want us to kind of try to wrap our brains around that idea around that concept i know that uh, a lot of times when we hear the idea of jealousy for us it's it's there's a negative connotation for it at least when the very f- when i have heard for i'm a jealous god you know We know that we're told not to be jealous, and so the very nature of hearing that God is jealous, but we're not supposed to be jealous, kind of creates some cognitive dissonance. Like, what? I don't get it. That doesn't make sense, right? Because we think of jealousy as, as negative, and so therefore it doesn't make sense. Why is God jealous, and we are not supposed to be jealous? What does it look like that he is a jealous God? I want you to kind of think of jealousy as a motive for action. Jealousy is a motive for action. And when you look at the God who is flawless, the God who cannot sin, the God who is perfect, he has motive for action. And so he, the jealousy in him existing within the one who is perfect, there's no flaw in that jealous motive. There's no flaw in the jealous motive. Why? Because he is ultimate love. He is ultimate truth. And the comparison of... Um, us to God when it comes to jealousy doesn't work because when you look at the flip side and you look at you and I within us, we have this, this old nature. And when you talk about you and I having jealousy, we often are jealous of the things that are a, a, a result of our sinful nature. So when God says, I don't want any other idols, I don't want anyone else to be worshipped, I don't want any other thing to be worshipped, He has your best in mind, and because He is love, the very nature that He is jealous, it comes from a, a, a perfect motive rather than a flawed motive. And so when we become jealous of, when I, when I am jealous of Aaron's height, uh, then, by nature of me craving that or wanting that and wishing that I too were six six, then the very nature of that, the very the very concept is in me is is coveting is is jealousy of something he had something selfish in me. Do you see that? Okay. So in our fallen imperfect sin, for us to have jealousy would be would be wrong in this sense. I'm gonna bring it back at the very end and talk about how you and I can have a holy jealousy that's actually right. Now God, uh, the emotion by which he acts, he has um, jealousy over all things that are right and good. And so he is jealous uh, for his own fame. That's right and that's good. He's jealous for righteousness to exist on the earth. He's jealous for you. And in the nature that he is jealous, it is because he is perfect that his motive for action is right because he is flawless, because he is perfect, because he is holy. So when you and I look at jealousy, I want you to imagine this God, that in the very essence of his jealousy, it is in the end perfect. The jealousy of God is not flawed. And sometimes it's hard for us to kind of wrap our brains around how it works. But whether it be in terms of idols, or whether it be in terms of his love for you, it is perfect. I'm going to emphasize a little bit tonight about how his love for you is so strong that he's jealous for you. That's kind of where we're going. If you want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, that's kind of the idea Second Corinthians chapter 11. This is a famous jealousy verse. We'll start in verse 1. I hope you will put up with a little of my foolishness, but you are already doing that. I am jealous for you with a godly, jealous, with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. So it's interesting, here's Paul saying that I have a godly jealousy. So in essence, it's not accurate to take jealousy and categorically put it in the bad category. God, his motive for action, his his jealousy is not only for his name and his fame and for the nations to know him, but it's ultimately about your highest good, which is, that's the uh, definition of love, is your highest good. And when you look at Your highest good, your highest good is him. (laughs) So for him to be jealous of you is jealous of your highest good. He is highest good. Therefore, his jealousy for his name and his fame and for you to have no other gods and to not have any other idols, his jealousy for those things is all righteous and pure and good. For David to have an uh, in my carnal nature where I'm craving things of this world and I'm jealous of things of other people, that's wrong. Are you with me? But when I become filled with the desires of what God is all about, because God is so in me and God has so transformed us, then in beholding the very jealousy of God, 2 Corinthians 3.18, when we behold him and we're transformed into his image, it is possible for you as the Christian to develop a godly jealousy, like Paul talks about here in 2 Corinthians 11. It is possible for you to have the very jealousy that exists in the heart of God, a dimension of it existing within your heart. And so the jealous God imparts jealousy inside of you. What? Jealousy for your own things? No. Jealousy for his name, for his fame, for him to be worshipped, for the nations to know him, etc. And so the attribute of God, his jealousy, his, the fact that he is jealous, is really perfect and good. Sometimes that's hard for us to kind of capture. I think one of the ways that it became most clear to me is uh, when I was a college student, I would go to, the, as you know, I would go to coffee shops all the time and Um, I remember sitting there one time with a a guy who was a fellow, he was, I I was working on my uh, bachelor's degree and he was working on his master's degree in theology. And uh, we began to talk. And um, he began to tell me this story. The story was about his fiance. He and she were going to be married and then they were going to finish this degree and then go be missionaries. And... uh, he talked with such love for his fiancée, the girl that he was going to marry. And um, and then he told me the story about how she uh, had cancer. And how, instead of having a wedding day, he began to tell me about the day that they buried her. And uh, they were engaged. She died, actually, before the wedding day. And the purpose of the conversation was he was trying to motivate me to be a part of a cancer drive that was taking place at a local high school. And he began to talk about this cancer drive with such fervency, such passion. So he cared about it so much. Up to that point, I really it, cancer drive had just been kind of like a carnival to me. Just kind of like, what well, we did one at my high school, big deal. But he talked about it with just such desire for this cancer drive to take place. And I remember having the thought, this guy really hates cancer. This guy, I mean, he hates it. I mean, he's out. I mean, he's, I mean this is a massive thing that's baffling scientists. And we have people that are dying of cancer all the time. But something has triggered an emotion in him that he despises it in a very tangible way. I want to tell you that when you think about the jealousy of God, he so loves you, 2 Corinthians 11. He so desires to present you to himself, Revelation 19, as a radiant bride, spotless and pure, Ephesians 5. He so wants you to be that pure, spotless, he betrothed you to him and himself, that he does not want to share you with the planet. He does not want to share... Your affections with other idols. He does not want to share your affections with any other hobbies. He does not want to share your affections with anything else. He hates the thing that is destroying you. And as I talked to Philip, I mean, you could see that this guy, he hated the thing that was that destroyed his bride. I mean, he despised the the specific thing that destroyed his fiance was the thing that he had fervor to crush. You were betrothed to one husband. He's a jealous God. And he will not share you. He does not want you to have affections for other idols. And so much so that he wants to destroy the thing that's destroying you. He wants to crush the thing that destroys you. And in the same way that my friend, he wanted to crush cancer because it's what ripped his bride away from him. When you, as a believer, are walking... And seeking and going after God. This is not just the God that, oh, I better repent because I did something bad. Wrong. He does have an agenda to destroy the things that are destroying you. Why? Because he's mad at you? No. Why? Because he wants to crush you? No. Why? Why? Because he's irritated with you so he wants to try to rip the sin out of you because he's bugged by you? Well, I'll tell you this. He wants to destroy the thing that's destroying you. And he knows that that sin that we partake of, that idol that we worship, that thing ultimately will rip you from him forever and ever. And if we allow it to grow inside of us, it will become the little God, the God of our lives. And he will not be with us forever and ever. And so he wants to destroy the thing that's destroying you. And he has a personal, he has a personal uh, agenda to crush every sin that keeps you from him. So if you're dealing with pride, he God has an agenda to crush your pride. If you have a problem with lust, it's not just, oh no, you know, I better repent again. No, the God of the ages, he wants you for himself. And if that means, if that means that he's got to go to an extreme level to uncover so that others can see, he will do whatever it takes because he loves you so much. And he wants to destroy the thing that's destroying you. He wants to crush the thing that will ultimately separate you from him forever and ever. And because he loves you so much, he will not be denied. He'll press it. He'll push it. You get to decide how you respond. But I tell you, God has an agenda that you would be spotless and pure and holy before him. And it's not the God that allows you to go through things because he's distant, aloof, and a bit irritated with you. Rather, it is the God that loves you so much. He can't help but discipline those he loves. He can't help but get involved in your heart, in your life, in your journey. He wants to destroy the thing that destroys you. You got to let him, you got to operate alongside him. You have to be willing. Some of you, when God's hand comes to crush the sin, you look back at him and you fight for it. And you want to protect your little pet sins. You want, to, you want to protect it, keep it. But the nature of the jealous God, who it says literally, it's like a fire, the Song of Solomon 8.6 says, it's like a fire. I mean, in him, it's a, he's a jealous God. He does not want to share share you, he will not be casual in his approach the very nature of marriage is the single devotion marriage is nothing if it's not a pure relationship from one to another the very nature of having no other lovers is what makes marriage so great if I were to say to Renata yeah, be married to me be married to six other guys if you want The nature of our marriage is destroyed. Are you with me? The very thing that makes it precious is that her love is for me and mine for her. Sometimes what we do is we go, well, I don't know, it's a Christian thing. I'll do my best. There is a God that so loves you and so desires you, he will not share you. I'll tell you this, if, if, if there was something that was going to come against my marriage, I would do whatever it takes to destroy that thing. Be whatever it is. Multiply that times 10 billion, and that's how much God wants to destroy the thing that's keeping you distant from him. Ungodly relationships. Lies. Fear. Selfish ambition. Laziness. He wants to destroy the thing that'll destroy you. Not because he is this God that says, here's the bar, and if you don't meet it, you crazy suckers, I'm going to hurt you. But what, rather what it is, is, he looks and he locks eyes with Casey and he says, I have a vision and I have an idea that he would be spotless and pure, that he would be my redeemed bride forever and ever. And this, 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 this are coming against him. There is a demonic attack from the enemy and I want to destroy the thing that's going to take Casey out. And we go, oh, you know, it's such a battle. Listen, it's out of his love that he wants to expose that. It's out of his love that he wants to demonstrate that to you. And all of a sudden, it's not the accountability leader, you know, that's being mean to you. It's the God using the accountability leader to pull out the stuff in you that's keeping you distant from God. It's God using the weak little 21-year-old girl to lock eyes with you and say, how are you doing in this area, in this area, in this area? I see this and this and this. And you go, ah! Ah, and he gone god goes good i'm crushing the thing that ultimately will keep you from spending eternity with me forever and ever friends it is the very nature of his love that he's a jealous god i mean it is it is more than just he reigns and he's big and he doesn't want other eyes oh that one is big that is the fear of the lord and that one exists But in addition to the fear of the Lord, it is the love of the Lord that says, I like you. I'll take that selfish ambition that you have, keeping you from knowing my heart. And I'm going to have your accountability leader ask you about it. And we go, oh, I'm going to get caught. And the Holy Spirit's going, that's me doing that. That's me pressing that issue. Every time you resist and say, Oh, that's too personal. Oh, this isn't for me. Oh, I don't know. Who are you anyway to ask me those questions? When people ask you Bible questions, it's your arrogance and it's your pride that's keeping you from seeing the truth. And and you can either fall on the rock now or it will crush you later, according to Matthew. You can fall on the rock and say, God... I'm broken. I want that and I want it in that area and I want it in that area and I want it in that area and oh yes God, oh yes, I take it, I take it, I take it. Or one day it will break you. Fall on the rock or the rock will fall on you. You decide. It's your choice. God gives us that choice. It's our decision. I'm going to stop there. Shortest sermon ever. One point tonight, he's a jealous God. He loves you. He loves you. Whatever's destroying you, whatever's out to get you, he wants to crush it. He wants to break it. He wants to get you to a place where you are that pure bride. Ephesians five, 1 Corinthians eleven, Revelation nineteen. He will not share you, and that is not because he's mean. It's because of the essence of his. Look at it as a father. As a father, I want to destroy anything that would hurt my children. Why? Because I'm mean? Because I love them so much. So Hebrews says it says that the father disciplines those he loves. You know what? The bottom line is you're going to go through what feels like discipline and feels like, ugh, like I, this isn't comfortable. Christianity's not comfortable. It's the ripping out of your flesh, and it's getting rid of all the demonic forces that are on the planet in order for you to be this redeemed being that's bringing heaven to earth. That's not comfortable stuff. It's going to rip you up a bit. So Be ready. Deal with it. And I want to encourage you to get to this place where you look at that sin, at that thing that's keeping you from God and rather than being your pet sin that you fight for and that you justify. Well, I don't know my accountability leaders. They made it worse grade on their ACT than me and I might be smarter than them or I'm older than them or well, uh, this author says this or the Bible says this, but let's take, uh, maybe that's not the right context. I want you to get in the Holy Spirit. You know in the Holy Spirit and only you know. Zings you and goes, the moment that you react, uh, that's probably the number one thing that God's got his finger on. He's going, I want it out. I will not share you. I will share you to no idol. I will share you no demon. I will share you, I want you spotless and pure and radiant and holy and with me. I will destroy the thing that destroys you. That's what God's saying. That's what God wants to do. And then you know what happens? We'll do point two. Point number two. Then Then you know what happens? It's that your devotion, once that purity takes place, that resonating with God so starts to take place, that you become... Jealous for God. You begin to say, not on my watch. Not on my watch will such and such a sin take place in my generation. I'm jealous that he would have the radiant bride that he said he would have. And I'm going to make sure that I go to see that he gets it. And you become jealous for the God himself and the jealousy of God that burns like a fire. Song of Solomon 8.6, it's like a fire. Many waters cannot quench it jealousy that exists in the fiery love of God, I mean that heart of fire that, him, that much love for you that purges and wants to get out everything that hinders love you start to fall in love with him and you start to be so refined and so transformed by God that you too begin to go there's a jealousy in me that he would get the reward of his suffering there's a longing inside of me that you Ryan, that you, Brendan, would be holy the to Lord's. Totally. And you begin to get God's fire for others. In you. And rather than you being the accountability leader that kind of goes, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, life's hard. Yeah. I know. I had that sin too once. Yeah. This thing is burning in you. And you become the one that goes, that's got to die. And you're ferocious and people go, jeez chill out. Enjoy the planet. Be like everybody else for a little bit. Chill out. And you go, no way. This world has nothing for me. I'm tied in with No, no way. I'm jealous. It's not just for you. Oh, I do love you. Oh, I, I do love you, Anna. And I do want what's best for you. Really? You got 25 levels deeper than just loving Anna. You love him. Because you love him, you love her. You go, I know that he has betrothed you to be totally his. He's a jealous God. He doesn't want to share you with this, 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 this. And oh, there is zeal. for God in that. There's his jealousy over Anna. And then as the accountability leader, you're going, and of course I want what's best for you. But friends, if our accountability groups exist primarily, hey, because I love you, I'm going to tell you this. That's like an inch deep and we got to dive into the depths of the ocean. That's so surfacy compared to where this could go. If we get all of God's hearts, so we get so much of God's heart that we get passion for them. Ooh, then it's double. You Get them. Are you with me? Does This make sense? Make these accountability groups strong, Get filled with the jealousy of God. And When you see your friend and he's struggling with lust, I don't care whether you're the leader or not. You look at him and it's not, you're not being, um, high, uh, what is the word, worthier than thou, higher than thou, holier than thou. You're not being holier than thou. You're not being arrogant. No, 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 no. Every single one of you, by virtue of joining this program, have said, I'm open. Help me be more like Christ. And so they, so you begin to say, "All right, I've been on my face for a couple of months now in these prayer meetings, and the jealousy that's in God's heart—he does not want to share. He does not want to share his people Israel with idols. He wants to crush the idols, and he does not want to share New Testament. He does not want to share his redeemed bride with any sin or any demon in hell." And therefore, friend, let me tell you what's burning on the heart of God for you. (laughs) Then you get the opportunity to respond. Let me tell you this. When you get to respond in that situation, here's what you do. You sit there and you thank them for everything they say. You just thank them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Then you take it to your prayer closet and you go, okay, God, what if that is you? Which of that is you? All right, this eighty percent is you. This twenty percent is mad because uh, I'm a better athlete than that guy is, and he's kind of ticked off at me a little bit. So I'm gonna, but I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna write that off. I'm gonna take that eighty percent, and the only thing I ever say to a guy that that challenged me is, "Thank you." You don't have to verbalize. Well, twenty percent of that was because you think that's a man. It's just, thank you, I receive it, I got it. And so the person giving the information, the person receiving it is both then going back to God. And then the person that did, (laughs) you go back to your prayer closet, you go, God, what if that was you and what if that was me? And God goes, well, you're a little ticked off that he's got a better jump shot than you or that she's a little prettier than you or that she stole your boyfriend or whatever it is. (laughs) And so you go back and you say, hey, listen, I said this, this, and this, and this, 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 and this, this 20%, I was off. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? But you know what we do? We do real Christian community rather than calling it community and just patting each other on the back all the time and saying, hi, bless you. But we go, I'm going to help the, je- the, the jealousy of God that's in him, it's in my heart. And it's jealous that, he, that there would be no idols in my life, that there'd be no idols in your life. And that he would have a redeemed, holy, radiant bride out of me. And that he would have it in you. And that we would not share, that we would not be shared with the world. The lusts of the day. Filled with the life of God. Filled with the truth of God. You got it? Stand up with me. Father, we thank you that you are a jealous God. And we love you. And we love who you are and we love what you're doing. And God, we want to be people, Lord Jesus, that plummet the depths of the riches of the knowledge of God. God, we know we're at the beginning of the beginning and we know we just know so little. But God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give strength to each one of us to go deeper. Boy, we want to be those that cry out for the knowledge of God. We want to be people that Love every aspect of God. We love your holiness. We love your transcendence. We love your jealousy. We love your, your, your beauty. We love everything that makes God God. We love him. We pray that the jealousy of God would burn not only stronger in our generation, but let it burn in us. Let the jealous fire that's in your heart be in our heart. God, we want, we want it to burn in us. I pray that our accountability groups would be stronger. I pray that they wouldn't be token. I pray that they wouldn't be cute little clubs. But God, let them be little furnaces, little fires. there are calling one another to righteousness and to purity and to sincere and pure devotion. We want to be single hearted single-minded. we love you. We honor you. We thank you for what you're going to do. And the furnace shouted, Amen. Amen. You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for Local Churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.